0: your future is not dependent on your boss's lack of a vision of the future
1: welcome to inspiring leaders the podcast that shares ideas perspectives and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader It's the beginning of another month, and that means that we are back with another episode of Intolerable Bosses. This week, we're peering into the wandering, aimless, and reactionary world of the visionless boss. Just a quick shout-out to our show sponsor, the Otis Group, the great folks to talk to for financial management consulting, risk management consulting, and virtual CFO services. We're proud to highlight the amazing solutions offered by the Otis Group because we share values associated with the effective leadership and leaders worth following. So please head on over to otusgroup.com and support those who support us. And before we dive into this topic of the visionless boss, I have a couple of other things that I want to mention. First, today is July 1st, and that means A big shout out to everybody in my home country. Happy Canada Day to all our Canadian listeners. And in just a couple of days, it's July the 4th. I also want to wish a very happy Independence Day to all of our listeners in the U.S. I also want to introduce everyone to a surprise co host for this month's show. Joining us all the way from the Big Island in Hawaii, an incredibly wise and gifted executive coach and a very well-respected professional overall. A huge welcome to the show, to the talented and wonderful Sophia Schweitzer.
0: Thank you, Terry. And yes, happy Independence Day to everyone. Happy summer to everyone. And it's an honor to be here with you today.
1: You're surviving okay with all the lava flow going on around you on the big island?
0: Yeah, thank you for asking. It's affecting all of us and so many people without a home right now. It's so dynamic on this island.
1: Our heart is with you all. It's amazing what's been going on on that island. So, best wishes to you and everybody there. Sophia, I am so glad that you agreed to join us. I've always been continually impressed with your approach to leadership development and your incredible people skills. You seem to have this common sense approach. Well, since I've known you, I know that you've got a knack for uncovering the potential in other people through a very skillful combination of curiosity and kindness. I know that I've learned a great deal from you, and that's why I hope that you join us here on the show today. So tell us a little bit about who Sophia Schweitzer is and what it is that you do to help people from that gorgeous tropical island that you call home.
0: Thanks, Terry. Thanks for your kind words. It's been such a wonderful pleasure and privilege to get to know you better over the years. Who am I? I suppose my life and my work has always been about aliveness, meaning, awareness, compassion, radiance. Like you mentioned, the big islands where I now live, that whole volcano, that dynamism right now. It's actually the perfect metaphor. you mentioned, I absolutely serve in uncovering the potential in others, and I specifically love to work with high performers, and aren't we all? who have a dream, want to make a big impact, and yet they're holding back. There's something that doesn't allow us to fully step into that fulfillment and capability. I'm all for playing the big game on all levels, for us to claim our voice, our spaciousness, in alignment with what it means for each one of us as wonderfully capable, responsible, awesome
1: human beings. I love what you're saying, claiming our voices and spaciousness. Your company is space beyond words. I love your newsletter that you put out. It is always something that I find very inspiring. For the people who are listening, you're seeing why I hope to have Sophia on the show to help me present the problem and the solution to this month's Intolerable Boss. Sophia, are you ready to dive into this topic now?
0: Yes, Terry. I am ready. and I've been looking forward to this.
1: Help us appreciate in your fine Hawaiian accent <laughs> who it is that we're dealing with when we say that a boss is visionless. What does that mean? Give us some perspective, if you will.
0: <laughs> On the record, I am Dutch. Thanks, Terry.
1: <laughs> I had to throw that one in there.
0: Yeah, so I'm glad to do this co-hosting with you for this particular episode because the visionless boss, it's a really important issue. Helen Keller comes to mind. She once said, it's a terrible thing to see and have no vision.
1: Oh, that's powerful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it illustrates how limiting it can be to not see things from a higher perspective. Mm-hmm. Employees, people, someone who's fully clear on what they want from that wide, high, fully visualized perspective. Yes. Someone who has a clear why, right? Someone who can lean into the future with a vision much bigger than any immediate urgency or mission. Yes. Why are we here doing this in the long term? Because it's that clear vision that pulls ideas into reality. And actually, that pulls strategies and actions. Things become easy then. Employees trust a leader with a vision because there is that foundation. Um, Through that vision, they know what they're doing and why they're doing it.
1: True, yes.
0: So then, like I said, it becomes easy. If the boss, the leader, then also has great engagement skills, that clear vision can then become an invitation for the employees to truly co-create Willingly engaged, motivating. People can be proactive and feel good about it. But it starts with a vision. A visionless boss, someone with no view of the future. They can't communicate about the future to anyone, to their team. And as a result, employees have no clear path forward. So here in Hawaii, we do a lot of paddling, a lot of canoeing.
1: Yeah, way to rub that one in, right?
0: (laughs) It's like right there, the canoeing. It's summer. Yes. (laughs) Imagine being in that canoe with your paddles, beautiful paddles, but you have no idea where you're paddling towards because your captain has no idea. You're in a canoe, even when your employees all share a canoe, but you don't know where you're going. Of course, you become reactive. You just do what is necessary to not capsize and to not drown. You're second guessing where you're going, even as the canoe is picking out a route of its own amid all these waves.
1: That's a great analogy.
0: And the second thing that makes the visionless boss or leader an important topic to discuss is that it can actually be quite difficult to spot them before it's too late. Many organizations overlook that.
1: Yeah, this is interesting. Talk a little bit more about this part.
0: So imagine carbon monoxide leaking into your house. It's colorless, it's odorless. It actually can go on undetected quite long, and then it's too late. You're poisoned and dying. And the same goes for leadership without a vision, leadership without any roadmap. This is where we're going. Unfortunately, the managers, the leaders, supervisor may not see it, Peers don't see it, the employees don't see it. Unless you start to look around early on and you see that direct reports with a visionless boss are increasingly confused. You see direct reports beginning to run around doing tasks just because they're tasks. They're incredibly busy, but nobody knows anymore quite what they're busy about. They themselves don't know The visionless boss themselves is running around, going from urgency to urgency.
1: This sounds very familiar, and I think I've spotted a few of these in the wild, so to speak. They are even more difficult to spot, particularly when they get good at managing up versus managing down. Then a lot of their direct reports will see it, but the people that they report to don't see it. So I have to agree with you absolutely on this. But the next question that obviously is going to come up is how does a visionless boss become a visionless boss?
0: That's a good question, Terry. And I think there are many possible reasons why someone is or becomes visionless. I would actually argue that even the most proverbial visionless boss or person does have some kind of vision it's just not appropriate for the larger good of organization or the team
1: well that's interesting yeah
0: because we all want something right we all have some kind of oh i want that it just totally may not be aligned how does that happen one of the most common is possibly that an organization promotes a really good manager into a leadership position and the organization is unaware that the two roles require very different skills.
1: Yeah. What do they say? What got you here won't get you there, right?
0: Exactly. The manager is great at getting things implemented, but they're visionless and they haven't grasped the difference and developed new skill sets, which is really the skill set with the visionary of stepping back, right? That higher perspective. Yeah. Such a visionless previous manager may therefore have a frame of reference that's overly restricted and narrowed by daily concerns, short-term objectives, managing all these complexities, departmental mandates. So that's one visionless cause, internal factors, really. So it might be due to external factors as well. Someone may have begun with an excellent vision, but under pressure and without any support, This leader just has been draining their energy. They're running on empty. Instead of giving their visionary leadership, they have been giving up.
1: I've seen this many times. Yeah, for sure.
0: They may be totally new at this. They need support. They need encouragement to take space away from the daily task to have and hold and maintain a vision and explore what that's about. It's so important.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And when they don't have it, no, regardless of the reasons, born with it, with not, whatever it is, the outcome is always the same. The people who report to a leader without vision experience a lack of direction and purpose. They become reactive. They become confused. So daily work becomes more and more chasing down information, backtracking, fixing chaos, really. And then down the line, Terry, they are the people who faced external customers. When internally things have fallen apart, running from urgency to urgency, they are the ones who hold all the blame and have to appease customers. And it's just going to be an unhappy organization.
1: I'm glad you touched on this because in my experience, these organizations are really an ecosystem. And if you put something negative in at one point, it's going to have an impact on other pieces of the puzzle. So if you put a leader in, and that leader just doesn't have that sense of direction, yes, their people, as you mentioned, are going to be running around in this chaotic fashion. And likewise, those clients are going to be experiencing chaos as well. They're not going to be receiving the right products or the right service. The timing is going to be off. The follow up and customer service is going to fall apart. I think that that's a really great description. Thank you, Sophia, for that description of the visionless boss. So now we have a good picture of what this is. Let's turn our focus back to those people who have to work for this visionless boss that we've described. Well, here are several strategies that anyone can use to navigate this kind of intolerable boss. The very first thing that I'd like to point out is that most people. Work in hierarchical organizations. There are several layers, and there's a boss, and there's another boss. It means that if a person is your boss, you have a reporting responsibility that's framed by reasonable expectation. What I mean by this is that if your boss approaches you with a task that seems to you like short sighted or visionless, you actually have a responsibility to follow through on it refusing a directive from your boss could definitely be perceived as insubordination. And you don't want to go there, as this is often a one-way ticket to dismissal, especially if it's repeated. So tip one is, if your boss directs you to do something, do not fight or argue with them. And by all means, do not complain. If you're complaining, that means that you are involving others and sharing your judgments Again, not a good strategy and surely one that's going to backfire. Now, this leads me to a second thing that I want to mention, and that is if you've noticed a meandering pattern of directives and requests coming from your boss, they seem to be the tail wagging the dog, and it's leading to trouble for you and your team, then discreetly start keeping notes. Make sure that your notes are objective and not subjective. What matters is who said what and what the actual results were. Well, these notes will likely come in handy if you ever find an opportunity to sit with that person and have an open, honest conversation about how to improve the culture of the team or the morale. But if it ever gets to that point, make sure that you use these notes to back up what you're saying rather than make it look like you're scoring them or gathering evidence against them. Do not put them in that competitive perspective. Make sure that you position yourself as an ally that's looking to help. Okay, Sophia, I've rattled off a couple of right now. What strategies can you suggest?
0: Yeah, so those are great, Terry. And I love that thing you said about complaining. I would say do not ever complain or gossip. It's like you become part of the problem. Right. Instead, actively start looking, okay, how can I step in? You're going to show up with your own leadership. So like Terry said, you want to have facts, so you want to be on good footing, and from that solid ground, you can go on. First, I would say, are you willing, employee, to consider a conversation with your visionless boss? I know that's a big thing, and it sounds risky and uncomfortable, but it can be immensely helpful for you, and for your boss, and for your team.
1: That's such an important piece. I'm glad you mentioned this one.
0: How do you approach it? Begin by owning it. You're doing this. You're stepping up and be clear on what you want to talk about. You got that piece of paper that Terry already mentioned. Do more prep work. And you begin with really, really trying to step into your boss's shoes. Yeah. Understand them first. What is it to be like them? Are we already talked about? How does somebody become visionless? Find common ground there. So when you are really understanding, coming from that perspective, understanding a little bit of their struggle, you can come in with that sense of appreciation. We're both in this together. And the appreciation that that boss is really the best that they can do under their limiting circumstances, even if it makes no sense to you. So be clear in your prep work. And you also want to be clear in your objective. What do you want to get out of the conversation? What do you want to get out of your work? Then with this dual perspective in mind, you can set up the conversation as a collaboration. You need each other to succeed. Make it clear that you're 100% committed to supporting your boss's objectives. You want to help them because helping them will help you.
1: Yeah, I like that check your intention and check your expectations before you start. Love this. What else do you have here, Sophia?
0: Yeah, so just some questions you can use. How do you perceive things are working? Are you happy with the way things are? Or, you know, I've never asked you this, but so I can serve better. I'm really curious What our department holds? What do you need from me?
1: Yeah, those are powerful questions for sure.
0: And more often than not, the boss will appreciate for it. And then you can go on, okay, what can we do about this? Can we have free meetings together? Just a quick check-in. Yeah. Be a solution seeker, not a complainer. And then you can come up with some of the facts that you've observed, bring those in and help lay a foundation on how to change those. The The ones that you mentioned, Terry, notice the last Two times that this happened, how can we do it different the next time?
1: Yeah, learn from the mistakes. That's a good one.
0: It's not easy. It can be messy, but it allows for change. Yeah. In all of it, that you're coming to new agreements and understandings rather than keep on going, you come from a place of respect, responsibility, and kindness.
1: Rather than finger pointing and blame, right?
0: Yeah, and allowing for change. Yeah. So a second strategy, Terry, step in as an informal leader, because all of us almost always have a way to do that. And there are two prongs to that. We can begin taking leadership initiative directly.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah.
0: You can ask for more structure from your boss if that will help. You can just highlight your team's challenges and say, hey, let's look at those. Where are we going with those? Just open up for better communication. And the second prong is even if your boss still doesn't have a clear path to success, you can create your own path to success within your own parameters, within your own job. Your future is not dependent on your boss's lack of a vision of the future.
1: Oh, I love that. I'm going to have to quote you on that one. (laughs)
0: we are not a victim. None of us are. We can set and reach meaningful milestones for ourselves. Where do you want to be in five years? What can you do with your current projects and responsibilities and company to get there? You can go a long way and feel inspired and clear. And then thirdly, prepare your own vision. Before your next one-on-one meeting with your boss, prepare your vision. What is your vision? What's your vision for the future of this company? What are you working on toward wishing this for your company? Be bold and be flexible enough for your boss to object to your vision or propose something else. But engage in that conversation and feel alive through your own vision. It's uncertain stuff. It's messy. We're all human. But chances are, if you approach the situation well with your own clarity and open mind, A great boss leader will thank you for your commitment and candor. Your organization will actually have a better chance of success and you'll all grow. You, your boss, your team, you'll feel inspired.
1: I love how you said that it's messy. And really, that's what it's all about here is that having a visionless boss can be very messy. And I also love how you really described having the individual step up as a leader in their own right. Because That's what this show is all about. We are really promoting to people that you don't need to have a title to be a leader. Your actions can demonstrate leadership. You have to go in expecting that it may get a little bit messy, but you're actually demonstrating through almost a pace setter leadership style what it is that you're hoping that they're going to exemplify. And you don't want to go in with too high of expectations. They may not take that lead and start doing it themselves, but excellent, excellent suggestions. Something I would like to add, Sophia, to build on what you said about taking a leadership role yourself is you need to be careful not to appear that you're overstepping them in any way. This is not a competition. This is really important. Do not compete. I would suggest that you encourage your colleagues and peers, when you see that they're getting bogged down in all that chaos, Encourage them to be more optimistic or see through all of that chaos. And of course, share the credit with them when things go well. Focus more on the we than on the me. Absolutely. Try to bring that teamwork forward. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to mention too is I'd like to say that developing a vision for a team or an organization isn't an easy task, especially for someone who's never done it before. If you get a sense that your boss is open to building or revamping a vision through comments like, yeah, we need to do that someday soon, things similar to that, well, then you might want to consider the offer of help or to coordinate a small group of people who could collaborate and co-create a better future together. This would allow maybe you and a few other people to have more influence over your collective future and other people will feel more in on the direction of the future. And the spin-off effect for this is that people who take initiatives for projects like this are often well-positioned and perceived by others as being ready to take on more responsibility when advancement opportunities come around. And one other thing is coming to mind for me right now, and I want to mention this oftentimes we're talking about very good people, people with great intentions that are just not able to knock it out of the park or hit that home run to bring the other three runners in. You know, these are people that are good, they're well-intentioned, but oftentimes they're over their head in responsibility, tasks, they're behind on things. Helping them out and coming to them with a little bit of compassion, I think is a very good strategy. What do you think, Sophia?
0: Oh, Terry, that last bit is so important. It's like one of my clearest things. Like, We are all doing the very best we can with the resources and the awareness that is currently available to us. It's like, yeah, we are human. We're trying. And the intention is there. That compassion, that understanding of each other is so important.
1: You think we're covering this topic fairly well here?
0: I think we're doing great, yes. People don't even have to worry about leaving their job. There is so much opportunity here. When a boss seems to be without vision, you can jumpstart vision-based thinking, step into your own leadership, develop that kindness and compassion. It's a beautiful opportunity.
1: That's a great way of looking at it. Your role should definitely be to help them see further by offering them some metaphorical binoculars.
0: Yes. I love that. Metaphorical binoculars. Yes. So Terry, you're coming to the end. Speaking of visionary leadership, I'm curious what's coming up on the
1: podcast. Sophia, thank you. I'm glad you asked that. We have a lot of amazing shows coming up the next little while. Coming up next week, we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence and leading with AI with the CEO of MindBridge AI, Ellie Fathy. After that, we're going to be talking about being grounded with Dr. Stephen K. Hacker. And after that, joining us from Microsoft, the National Technology Officer, John Weigelt, is gonna join us to talk about innovation and people. And then the next show, towards the end of this month, We're going to have Ed Bilat on from Beyond Consulting, and he's going to help us with storytelling for leaders. What a great lineup we've got for this July. Sophia, I want to thank you for taking time away from that beautiful island that you live on in Hawaii. Thanks for joining us and lending your insights, your perspectives, and everything that you have today to help us through this show and through this topic. And again, before we wrap up, I could tell our listeners how they could find you, but maybe I should let you do it. How can they find you?
0: Thank you, Terry, for inviting me, being a co-host, and a big thank you for everyone for listening. Delighted for anyone to find us. Terry, I think we're both on LinkedIn. Yeah. Just type our names, right? Yes,
1: and I'll have it in the show notes too, yeah.
0: Okay, great. Or they can learn more at ubiquity.coach. And for me, it is my website or the website is spacebeyondwords.com and my email address, mac.com. And again, more than anything, a huge thank you to everyone. It was a pleasure.
1: I also want to say a huge thank you to our show sponsor, the Otus Group at otusgroup.com. Folks, please support those who support us our friends over at the Otis Group are certainly worthy of your time and your attention. If you have any questions or concern about financial or risk management at your own organization, this should be a no-brainer for you. Richard, Francis, and the whole awesome team at the Otis Group are wonderful people who really want to help, and they really know how to help organizations and people. So check them out today through the links in the show notes. And lastly, thanks to you, our listeners. You make this show possible and we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for your time and thank you for your attention. We hope that you have an awesome week ahead and that we'll have you again next week to tune into another episode of the Inspiring Leaders podcast. Take care, everybody, and bye for now.